0: which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L O L A V I E.
1: Now streaming only on Disney Plus.
0: My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras
1: Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record breaking Eras Tour. Swift biera's tour taylor's version with four additional acoustic songs now streaming only on disney plus welcome
0: to the mom room podcast my name is renee rena and i am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted Hey, welcome everybody to Thursday's what is usually a solo episode, but today it's a little bit different. Um, I have invited my husband onto the podcast. This is the man that cannot make pancakes. We are talking about bedwetting today. I think it's a topic that doesn't get enough airtime. There's not enough conversation about it. I don't think I have ever seen a piece of content, like of all the content on TikTok, Instagram, wherever, Pinterest, like you name it. I have never seen one thing on bedwetting now that I think about it.
1: I don't think so, no.
0: And a ton, I don't think it would be on your For You page, but... (laughs) I'm a urologist. (laughs) True. But a ton of stuff on potty training. And I think that's why people assume maybe that bedwetting is a part of potty training when in fact it's actually different anywho this episode is in partnership with goodnight's nighttime underwear which is a product that we used for milo for a long time so i'm very happy to partner with them and get this episode out there because i think it is needed so first of all bedwetting is common. It is more common than we think, again, because nobody talks about it. When I put up the question box on my Instagram stories, I was shocked at how many people submitted questions. I was not expecting that. And I was like, wow, this really is common. So the stats that we have to share with you today are that 9% of children up to the age of nine have two or more episodes of bedwetting per week, Um, up to 2% of adolescents. I know a lot of the questions that people submitted were things like, my child is this age, like they wet the bed this number of times a week, like should we be concerned? There was lots of that. Um, We will get to all of that in this episode. Um, And then boys generally have a higher prevalence than girls. Before we get into the questions, I just want to again point out that and make this clear that potty training is not bedwetting and bedwetting is not potty training. So what is potty training and how do you know if your child is fully potty trained? So if your child is consistently dry all day, then they are considered potty trained. When it comes to nighttime, that's a completely different thing. And it can take longer for most kids to stay dry overnight. So that was the case for us with Milo. He was fully potty trained during the day. That was great. But he was still wetting the bed at night. So we used goodnights nighttime underwear for a long time. Like, he was potty trained.
1: I mean, I, he wasn't really wetting the bed. We just kept the, the Good Night's on him. I know, but until... sometimes
0: he would wake up wet. Okay, so this is yeah. what happened. He was potty trained, and then a few times he would experience bedwetting or he would have an accident overnight. I don't know what to call it because accident seems weird. It seems like it's in their control, but it's not. So, but I'm just going to call it like having an accident overnight for the purposes of this episode. So it would happen not often, but when it did, it was really upsetting for everybody. Like, obviously you are like woken up very like like drastically in the middle of the night he's super upset he's all wet yeah and then you're stripping the bed of the sheets and getting him dry clothes it's like a whole thing and then he feels bad because he like we just went through potty training and he knows that he's a big boy now and so on and so forth so we decided to just keep him in the good nights nighttime underwear for peace of mind for his own self-esteem to not be woken up in the middle of the night. We all had good night's sleeps. Like it just wasn't a thing. And then eventually he was consistently dry. The good nights were dry in the morning for a long time. And then we decided to get rid of them.
1: Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it worked uh, well. I mean, the nights that he did say that he, you know, he didn't want his underwear or whatever, um, you know, we gave him that opportunity and then, you know, Sometimes we paid for it <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning. But uh, after that, he was, you know, consistently, consistently fine. So
0: Yeah. And another thing that I'll say, and I think I talked about this on my episode with Carrie Bruno was, or maybe I didn't, I don't know. But Milo, in the last little while, he asked for us to put his potty, so his little plastic potty in... His bedroom. And we were like, that's kind of weird. But we were like, you know what? If that's going to make him feel comfortable, if he wakes up at, you know, four in the morning and he knows it's still time to go to sleep, he can get up and he does do this. He'll go use his potty and then get back into bed and fall asleep. So we were like, we're, ju- we have just been super flexible with everything and whatever makes him more comfortable. That is what we have done. Like, for the longest time, we had the little plastic potty in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom was like, When are you going to move that to the bathroom? I was like, We will eventually. <laughs> like, he's not going to be 13 peeing on a potty in the living room. I promise. <laughs> um
1: Now he's peeing all over the seat.
0: <laughs> yeah. So wow. now he's peeing all over the toilet seat, but that's a different issue. I went to go pee yesterday and I had to go have a quick little body shower because i didn't realize he had peed all over the toilet seat and i obviously sat on the toilet seat and was soaking wet so there's that but that's a whole other issue that's a whole other episode we're getting Um, off track here yeah so first off let's talk a little bit about risk factors for bedwetting in your experience your training your urology knowledge what are the risk factors for bedwetting
1: well i think you know the biggest thing obviously is age uh, you know the younger the kid the the more likely the more prevalent it is um the other thing is family history um if there's a family family history of of bedwetting especially on the mother's side there's a much higher rate of bedwetting uh, in kids um, and obviously things like constipation, excessive fluid intake, um, you know, you have to rule out things like diabetes and that sort of thing if, if it's a consistent problem. Um, but those are, you know, few and far between in terms of the, the, the risk factors specifically. Uh, but, but certainly things that we have to look, look for, uh, when we're trying to assess patients that have that.
0: Let's talk about, cause one of the biggest questions that people asked was what causes bedwetting like what is the actual cause like why do some kids do it and some kids do not
1: i mean i think there's there's various uh hypotheses in terms of um in terms of why uh, kids have uh, are still wetting the bed. Um, but there's there's no specific cause. So, you know, things like bladder size, um, their, their bladders are just not getting large enough to keep up with the amount of urine that they're making overnight. Uh, and so they kind of get a contraction of the bladder that causes the urine to go out. Um, other things like hormone production, specifically antidiuretic hormone. Um, so that's a hormone that's made in the hypothalamus in the brain, then it goes down to the uh, posterior to your pituitary gland and so basically what this does is it reduces the production of urine um, so if your if your brain hasn't developed enough to produce enough of this hormone um, then you're going to be making more urine overnight um, you know it's the same kind of thing with uh, with adults like if you drink alcohol um, that reduces your adh production and you're going to make more urine and you know if you've had a couple of beers you're going to wake up you know once or twice per night potentially uh to uh, to urinate um the other thing is deep sleep so a lot of kids are in very very deep sleep um you know if your kid is hard to arouse from sleep um you know if they're if they're the kind of kid that falls asleep on the couch and then people can be walking around watching TV and they're not um they're not awoken by that, Um, you know, certainly that can be a risk factor as well or or a potential cause. Um, And other things like environmental stressors, you know, um, moves, changes in the family, you know, difficult times at school, all these stressors can impact your sleep cycle and and, uh, affect things as well in terms of uh, wetting the bed.
0: I had a seed in the middle of my teeth and you didn't even tell me.
1: I wasn't looking at your teeth. (laughs) So.
0: Anyways, the hormone thing, that's interesting. So is that why when you're pregnant you constantly have to go pee or is that like a physical space issue? Cause... It's more of a physical space. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay.
1: Your, your uterus is pushing on your bladder.
0: Got it. Yeah. Um okay, will wearing This is a great question because I think parents m- many parents out there assume that if you put your child in good nights overnight because they are bedwetting that it's going to like delay the process of them not bedwetting can you speak to that just a little bit yeah
1: i mean you know this isn't something you really learn about as a urologist (laughs) um but you know just from just from experience you know, ours in particular, I mean, I I think that anytime you can contain the leakage, so the kids are are dry at nighttime, um, you know, any type of absorbent underwear, it's going to keep them dry. Uh, so they're not being awoken. There's, there's no embarrassment in terms of, um, wet sheets, wet mattresses, you know, having to change their clothes and and things. Um, I think definitely that's going to improve their own self-esteem and they're going to be able to to adhere to any changes that you make going forward, right? Um, You know, I I don't think there's any negative
0: impact to that. And honestly, just for me, the way I looked at it, I was like, sleep is important. For everyone. Like, I, I just, so one of the things that we, my husband was talking to me about as we were preparing for this episode was how they have alarms that will go off as soon as they detect wetness on the mattress or whatever it is and i was like so that's not because we were talking about like um the concept of like training your child overnight which is impossible because they are not like it's not in their control it's an involuntary thing so my husband brought up this alarm thing and i was like oh my god i can't think of anything worse than that like an alarm going off so the point of that is to what like maybe catch them before they fully release the urine like in my mind that is just a nightmare and I was like I would much rather just have them in good nights comfortable getting a good night's sleep and not worrying about it like this is your big boy nighttime underwear for now and that's it but anyways
1: I mean, it's it. You know, these alarm systems are definitely one of the the tenants in terms of treatment, and and um, you know, for kids that are that are having difficulties with this, but you know, when to use it is a challenge. It's something that we always offer parents in terms of, you know, this is something you can do if you're finding that this is a problem for your specific family, um, but it, you know, it's definitely something where. Basically, it's, it's awakening them if there's any type of moisture that gets onto the pad. Um, it also protects the bed a little bit as well because it's not going to go through the the alarm pad. Um, and then it awakens them so that they know, oh, you know, it was I, I leaked a little bit or I had an accident um, and sort of, you know, I don't want to use the word training, but certainly can... You know arouse them enough that they they're aware of what's going on and then eventually the, at least the idea behind it is that eventually the sensation will be enough to wake them up rather than having this alarm go off um, to be able to get to the bathroom or at least wake up and, and get off the bed right
0: yeah and even in that like the goal is i think to sleep overnight without waking up like as <laughs> as a yeah. mom like that is my goal and that's
1: our goal but <laughs> it's not necessarily the goal for the kids right i know We're but having it.
0: to consider that for the most part all children are going to develop and this is going to be a non issue like you said, like if it's really an issue for the family, then it's an option. But yeah, geez, like-
1: and every family different, right? I mean, you know, I, there's no one size fits all solution for this. Ah, just like uh, everything
0: in parenting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's definitely something where you have to look at your specific situation. And, you know, as, as someone who assesses these kids um, from time to time, um, you know, you have to offer the various options starting, yeah. you know, from conservative management all the way up to medical therapy. Um, and, and, you know, that's one of the options.
0: But long story short, using good nights, nighttime underwear overnight, it's not going to delay any kind of development with regard to bedwetting.
1: There's there's definitely no evidence to show show that.
0: Okay. So somebody asks, should we nighttime train our four-year-old? They wake up in wet diaper every morning. Husband wet the bed. I'm reading it as if like how I just wrote it in point form. So (laughs) her husband wet the bed till he was 12. So do we train or just wait? And I just want to point out before we get started that you cannot train a child overnight. By saying training overnight, you're implying that it's in their control, which is it's not. So I just want to point that out.
1: Yeah, I mean, not at that point, at least. I mean, it's it's a it's something that has to be um, you can't train it, but it's something that has to develop.
0: And so, and four years old, ba- like based on the questions that people sent in to me, that's really young. Yeah. Because we had a similar kind of question, which we'll probably get to next. Actually, yeah. So I'll just read it. Um, So many questions from people that said, is there a certain age that they should not be bedwetting by? Um, So some listeners wrote in, they have a six-year-old, seven, eight, nine, eleven, that's still bedwet overnight from time to time. Um, So is there an age at which... They should not be bedwetting, and maybe you should consult a physician.
1: I mean, like I said, there's there's no specific age for this. You, you know, as we've we went through some of the statistics earlier. You know, nine percent of of kids up to nine years old, and then decreasing after that. You know, two percent of adolescents. So there's no specific age, but you know, I, I think the biggest thing in terms of being assessed and 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 um, for this is you know, the specific family situation, right? I mean, you can have a 12-year-old who is still having accidents, but no one has an issue with that. And so it's not brought up versus, you know, a three-year-old that's wetting in the bed every night. And, you know, they're trying, clamoring and knocking on your door, trying to get, get them into your office, right? So, I, I mean, I, I don't think specifically that there's a specific age. Um, there's certainly things that we look for when it comes to, Uh, kind of red flags as to, you know, could this be an issue? Um, You know, specifically if kids were fully nighttime dry for a long period of time and then start to have consistent issues in terms of leakage in at night. Um, If they had daytime continence and they're kind of, they're losing that as as well. Um, If they have other issues like, you know, constipation, uh, overactive bladder type symptoms, any kind of neurologic, uh, symptoms that come about, um, any of those kind of red flags would would suggest that you know maybe this is something new or, or it's related to something else, um, and that would be something that would should be assessed, um, you know, by your family doctor, pediatrician, urologist, um, you know, whoever you see on a on a on the usual basis.
0: And just going back to our experience, it was my thinking, and I wasn't even as knowledgeable about bedwetting as I am now because I've looked so much into this topic. Um, But my thinking was like, okay, we're great during the day. Like he's got the daytime potty training down pat. Nighttime is going to take longer. And for most children, that is the case. And so to not like my advice just as a mom is to not stress about bedwetting because i think your child can also feel that stress um and so i'm really happy with how we did it just like i think it was good for everybody like he those those few nights where he was not in a good nights uh, underwear and he did wet the bed like i was Upset about that, not at him, which is another like major point. Like, never punish or reward your child with regard to bedwetting because it's not in their control. I feel so much for kids to think that they, like, some parents would actually be upset at their children thinking that it's something that's in their control and they're just. Like wanting to have accidents overnight. I don't know, but it's a thing. Um, So yeah, I was happy with just, you know what, the nighttime is going to take a little bit longer. And I would say Milo was in good nights for what, like how long after uh, potty training was done?
1: At least a year. At least, at least a, a year.
0: year. So Milo was perfect at his daytime potty training. Not perfect, like accidents here and there, but For the most part, he was fully potty trained and he would wear the good nights, um, nighttime underwear. And we called them like his big boy nighttime underwear. Um, and yeah, for a year after he was potty trained. I
1: mean, and then eventually he told us, you know, I, I don't want to wear this tonight, yeah, you know, and then eventually we just stopped, stopped using them and, you know, it's been fine since then. There's the occasional time like there's probably once in the past year, once or twice in the past year where he's woken up and he's he's had an accident. Um, But, um, you know, it's it's rare for us, thankfully, that that um, he hasn't had any issues.
0: So somebody else asks, how do you know when they're ready to sleep without the good nights? And that is at least two weeks of consistent dryness. And yes, I wanted to ask you about the, well, you kind of already touched on it, the regression um, thing. like. Is bedwetting, because I know for potty training, and I talk about it a lot, how like it's not a linear prog- progression. It's not like, oh, every day after the next is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, is bedwetting a similar thing? Like it can go up and down. Like, oh, they've been dry for a week. And oh, now they had three accidents this week. And
1: I mean, like I said, you know, definitely there are outside stressors that can be involved as well. Um, so certainly, you know, if your kid has been dry for two weeks and then has an accident, it doesn't mean that necessarily so taking a step back, but there's, you know, things change on a day-to-day basis. Um, as said before, the, the, the biggest issue, you know, looking at it from a clinical perspective is that if they were dry for six months and then they started to have consistent accidents at nighttime, um, you know, every night, every second night for, for a while, then certainly that would be something to look into. It doesn't mean anything sinister necessarily. Um, but definitely looking at other causes for why that might be, might be going on, um, would be something I, that I would recommend. And, and, you know, when I speak to family doctors and things, I, I tell them that as well.
0: Okay, somebody asks, should we be getting our five-year-old out of good nights? They are still wet in the morning half the time. What is the best age to remove good nights? So I feel like a lot of this is similar messaging with regard to like, there is no exact age and it's more like based on an individual circumstance.
1: Exactly. Yeah, It's very individual.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I do want to point out is... When you're rushing your child to get out of good nights, that can, like, I I feel like... It's just like
1: anything. If you're rushing your kid to do anything, it's going to backfire
0: on you. It's going to backfire, but it's also, like, creating more stress than I think there needs to be. And also, it impacts... You have to look at it as bedwetting without good nights on like without a protective factor that where they don't like wake up all upset and embarrassed and have changed the bedding like when that happens that is impacting their confidence and it's impacting their self-esteem like I think the stat was two out of three children that experience bedwetting suffer with low self-esteem um so you have to kind of look at it with empathy for them not just like a oh this is a developmental milestone that I want to hit it's like no like you have to look at it just like with everything else with parenting like be empathetic to what they're going through and how can we make this the best experience for them um so yes that's my answer for that I wouldn't if they're still wet in the morning half the time like definitely do not remove and just it make it a non-issue everything's gonna be good everything's gonna be good
1: yeah focusing on it too much is is not gonna be conducive to actually getting getting anywhere so Mm -hmm.
0: and that's kind of what I loved about how we did it it was just kind of like okay we're not there yet here's like a tool that we can use where it's zero stress for everybody and it's going to happen on its own eventually um so yeah it was just like a non-issue Um, question is bedwetting genetic. So you spoke about that a little bit already.
1: Yeah. So it's certainly, you know, if there's a family history of that, there's definitely going to be a higher risk, um, in, in your kids, um, more often associated with maternal bedwetting or on the maternal side. Uh, I'm not sure why specifically, but, um, that's just, you know, um, epidemiologic data, um, suggesting that.
0: Somebody wrote in about something called retained spinal gallant and that it can contribute to bedwetting, but it's something that nobody talks about. So obviously we're going to talk about it. Um, so can you explain what that is? I've never heard of it before.
1: Yeah. So it's a primitive reflex. You've heard of like rooting reflex and, and things like that. Um, it's a primitive reflex that as as you get older, as a, the brain develops, you get... You get um, Kind of higher level control over these spinal reflexes, Um, and it's it's not something that we really assess for. Like if I see a kid in the office that has has this issue, I'm not trying to elicit this reflex to see if it's there. I mean, it's it's you know, even my time doing pediatric urology rotations, like I've never never seen this specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, It may be more specific when it comes to kids that have issues like ADHD and, and, um, you know, if they're having a neurologic assessment, uh, but basically if you're, if you rub their, I think it's their lower back or middle of the back, um, their hips kind of move towards the, um, the touch, um, and, um, sometimes associated with, with incontinence, like it can cause them to pee, but it's not specific. Like it's not a hundred percent of the time that they're going to have, have issues or have leakage, Um, so in terms of being something where you know you have to check this to see if that's if that's an issue um, you know like i said it's not something that we look at um, necessarily in our clinical practice
0: somebody asks how long before bed should parents limit drink intake
1: i mean i think if if it's an issue like if your kids are consistently having accidents especially earlier in the night time then trying to limit it as much as possible like two to three hours beforehand would be a good idea. Um, you know, we give the same advice to adults who have, are waking up at night to, to urinate. Um, it, it's, it's a conservative thing you you can do uh, along with, you know, trying to get them to, to pee before bed. If they're, if they have, um, uh, if they're potty trained during the day. Um, but, um, you know, in, in terms of being specific about it, there's, again, it, it's very specific to the, the child. If they're, You know, if they can't go to bed without drinking some milk beforehand, you know, would you stop that uh, because they're having these issues? Probably not. But, um, you know, see how see how that goes for your specific situation.
0: Another good question. So this will be our last question and then I'll end just with some takeaway messages. Can bedwetting be related to constipation? This is so interesting.
1: So, especially for kids, I mean the the organs in the pelvis. So, um, the rectum, the bladder, the uterus for for females. Everything is so tightly packed into the pelvis there that any significant constipation is going to put pressure on the bladder. Um, you know, we see that with kids who are who have daytime incontinence, um, who are um, have urinary. Um, Sorry, uh, overactive bladder type symptoms. Um, it, constipation is one of the biggest causes of that, or at least one of the biggest contributors of that, um, and definitely can have an effect on nighttime continence as well.
0: Would that be an issue for adults? Oh, I'm for sure. Definitely yeah. speaking about myself. <laughs>
1: definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely have that problem. Yeah.
0: I pooped three times today.
1: <laughs> Good for you.
0: <laughs> okay uh any last words of, with regard to bedwetting that we haven't covered that you think
1: yeah so i i think the biggest thing is you know as just a recap basically it's it's looking at your specific situation um and you know if they're um, if you're feeling like there's an issue, then see your family doctor, see your pediatrician, you know, get a referral to a urologist. Um, you know, if you're not in Canada, just call the urologist's office and make an appointment. Um, but, uh, um, you know, it's very normal and, and the age can vary in terms of nighttime continence. Don't get discouraged when it comes to this. I know as hard as it, yeah, as hard as it is to, to say that and, and not experience it. And the biggest thing I think is not to stigmatize kids if they're having accidents. I, I think that's just going to make things worse and uh, prolong the problem. Um, there are definitely things that we can do that, you know, if your kid is 12 years old and having these issues, they're, you know, they're going to a, a sleepover or something like that. There, there are certain medications that we can use that can, can help with that. It's not something that we recommend using on a nightly basis. Uh, it's something called DDAVP, um, but you know there there are situations where you know if your your kid's struggling with these problems, but they want to live a normal life when it comes to you know socializing with their friends and and not missing out on these opportunities. You know, there's there's definitely other things that we can do um, to help with that. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone grows out of it. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's very uncommon to see an adult that has never had nighttime continence. And so, you know, eventually it's gonna get better. Um, You just need to, some kids just need more time.
0: Okay, so I wrote out some key messages or some takeaways that I just wanna wrap up with. So number one, it is nobody's fault and you cannot train a child out of bedwetting. Let's just be supportive and approach it with empathy. Bedwetting should never stop kids from just being kids. Uh, Good nights, nighttime underwear helps helps keep them dry all night and keeps their confidence up. When to see a doctor, I think it's really just based on an individual circumstance. I don't think there's any blanket statement like, oh, see a doctor at this time. Like,
1: Aside from the point that I made about, you know, if, they, if they've had continence and yeah. they're losing it, um, you know, if they've had it for a long time and, and there's changes or, you know, if they start to have daytime issues where they, they were continent for a long period of time and then they start to have accidents, you know, th- that would be a reason to see your family doctor or, or pediatrician or whoever um, to be assessed in, in that scenario
0: two last things. It is much more common than you think. Um, I just, I really think people don't talk about it and there's like a stigma attached to it and people think it reflects poorly on their parenting. And like, that is just nonsense. Um, and also never punish or reward for bedwetting or staying dry overnight because it's not in their control. Um, so thank you guys for listening I will have another episode next month, I believe, with Carrie Bruno. We're going to talk more about bedwetting, how she helps families deal with it. We're going to talk about self-esteem in kids. So that will be a good one. I really enjoyed my last chat with her. So yeah, stay tuned for that. And if you haven't entered the giveaway I have on the Mom Room Podcast Instagram account, go and enter that right now. You could win a month supply of good nights or pull-ups, whatever your family needs, and a $100 Amazon gift card. So yeah, thanks so much for coming on my podcast.
1: I'll send you my bill.
0: Yeah, I bet. How's it feel to not to have your wife ask you to not make pancakes
1: (laughs) (laughs) i I was gonna start off this episode by saying you know just to my fans out there on social Mm. media i'm okay i'm okay
0: he's okay for now yeah for now yes i just posted one about um the cutting the grass thing and people are not happy people are not happy but anywho all right well thanks